I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast, our final spring football preview as LSU is set to hit the practice field on Thursday. So coming at you. On Wednesday, uh, be- the day before, Billy Embody, Shay Dixon, Matthew Bruni along for the ride. We've got a lot to get to outside of our last position group, the secondary. Injuries ahead of spring practice. We'll update the status of some of those LSU players as well as talk about LSU's new addition out of the transfer portal, a Big Ten offensive lineman. But let's lead off with the injuries. Wilson Alexander of the Advocate reported this, and um, you know Brian Kelly has, has touched on it here and there. Uh, in some recent interviews, but LSU will be without tight end Mason Taylor, running back Armani Goodwin, center Charles Turner, defensive lineman Makai Wingo, defensive back Deuce Chestnut, defensive lineman Jordan Jefferson, and wide receiver Aaron Anderson for spring practice, while defensive lineman Mason Smith and true freshman and former five-star Deshaun Womack will be uh, under a non-contact, you know, marker for spring practice so how does this impact spring ball we're not going to run through all of that as we've kind of covered a lot of ground on previewing these positions but guys maybe let's talk about who is the one that stands out to you the most maybe on these injuries as far as who's losing the most important time you know one guy for me I think and look, Mason Smith, you knew coming off the ACL injury, he was going to need time. Deshaun Womack had shoulder surgery, got cleaned up after a season. He was going to need some time. I still know what those guys can do when they're healthy. The one guy for me that just from high school to now that can't seem to stay healthy is Armani Goodwin. And it's a packed running back room. But there were look at the start of last season. He was the guy they were using as the starting running back. Ultimately, he got hurt, came back. Played again, got hurt, now has been out, and will uh, looks like he'll miss spring ball. They're deep at running back, so it doesn't. It's not like it stings them in a major way, but he's one that is a talented running back who has burst that they could use at this level, and he just can't seem to stay healthy. So I was hoping he'd be out there in the spring just to see him healthy again, go through 15 practices, all of that. Now it looks like he might not be doing anything. Yeah, and then the other two that kind of – surprised me because most of these guys we kind of saw coming uh mason taylor um not going through spring it doesn't surprise me because of you know i I think shay mentioned it once we saw him in a sling i mean we knew his shoulder i mean he always had that brace on his shoulder anyways um so that doesn't surprise me too much but charles turner and deuce chestnut i think are two that i was hoping to see this spring um we'll get more clarity on their situations um, in the coming weeks obviously but uh chestnut coming in from Syracuse, didn't miss any time last year, I don't believe. I mean, I watched most of his games, and he looked perfectly fine to me in all all ACC caliber corner. I wanted to see if he moved to nickel, how he was at the boundary, like all just the little details there. So that stinks not to see him. And Charles Turner, we've talked about it at length on this podcast, uh, you know, the center position and just what's going to go into that. And, you know, that leads into our – that will lead into our, you know, the addition that they just picked up. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll stay with Armani Goodwin. It it just really sucks. Like this is a guy that broke the sixty meter record in in Alabama. You know, leaving high school, he averaged ten yards a carry as a senior, coming off of an ACL injury as a junior. You just thought he was one of those kind of surefire plug and play guys, and you know, he just hasn't been uh, able to stay healthy. So I really feel for Armani Goodwin. I mean, I feel for all the guys, but that one's tough when when you had such a such a future that everyone could kind of see, and you look at all these things that you check off and recruiting and and you know trying to pick up prospects that'll really help your team and for him to not be healthy and now you know looks like a pretty serious knee injury that he's recovering from uh that's just that's just tough overall even last year he uh i believe he led the team in in yards per carry at 5.9 i mean that's i mean only played seven games but 5.9 yards per carry i think obviously speaks to to what he's capable of well, with the offensive line now, uh, obviously Charles Turner is is going to miss spring, but LSU did pick up somebody who's going to help them in fall camp. Uh, Big Ten transfer from Maryland, Mason Lunsford. He's got two years of eligibility remaining, a two-year starter along the interior at guard for the Terps. He's coming over to play for the Tigers now. And Shay, you caught up with him. We you know, followed him uh, visiting LSU. He was supposed to visit Arkansas this coming weekend, but... You know, the news broke. He had signed with LSU, and shortly thereafter, he announced it, and you caught up with him. Uh, I think we're kind of hoping he's going to come on the podcast here and discuss a little bit more at some point, but he made that decision after just one visit that LSU was the place for him. Yeah, he had Arkansas and some others. He said he was going to line up, but he talked a good bit about just what it was like going into the portal. He's a Maryland native. His dream school was Maryland. He'll get his degree from Maryland here in just a couple of months. Now he's transferring as a grad student. So we'll have a couple of years of eligibility left, but he was like, look, I want to try to take my game in competition level that I'll face to the next level, you know, to another level. And by doing that, I was looking at sec teams and Arkansas offered LSU offered, but he said, when the LSU offer came, that sort of changed things. And he talked about the hesitancy of seeing all the numbers that you see of guys who enter the portal and they don't find a landing spot. And, he was like, look, I didn't question if I was good or enough or not. He'd started 26 games at Maryland. He just didn't know who would have needs out there. And LSU came calling, and he said, look, I knew going into the visit I was probably going to commit. They blew it away. They offered a preferred walk-on spot to his brother, who's a senior in high school, who's a linebacker. So he said they set up the room together. It's the first time they've ever been able to be on the same football team together since they weren't in high school at the same time. So he said it was just sort of the perfect fit. And the thing is, they've got five returning starters, including Charles Turner, back from last year who that, you know, guys started at different spots. But five guys are coming back who started and he hung out with two of them all weekend, Miles Frazier and Will Campbell. And he said, look, I let them know I'm I'm here to compete. I want to battle for starting spots. I please look. He played a lot of left guard. He was like, I can play either guard spot. I can play center. I have snapped in practices. I want to compete. If I don't start, then I'm the next man up or I'm competing to be the next man up just as big for him to get here and play and elevate his competition level it was competing for a national championship. And I don't think he thought he could do that at Maryland over these next two years, like he could at an LSU. So he said on the visit, that was a big thing. Talking to Brian Kelly, talking to Brad Davis, they feel like the pieces are in place these next two years that they can compete for a national championship and the playoffs and all of that. And uh, he said that was something he wanted to be a part of and has not yet experienced. And he felt like LSU was the best fit. So the only O-line transfer they've taken, they've swung for a number of other guys. They missed on him. But I like this one because you're getting a guy with nearly 30 starts and he's got some position versatility. And 
again, they're going through spring ball with eight scholarship O-linemen. What, seven now that Charles Turner isn't out there? That's not enough. So we've said it a million times. They had to get an O-lineman out of the portal, and this is about as best available as you can get at this stage. Yeah, finally, uh, like, like you said, they've thrown out offers before. Uh, they finally hit on one. I think this is a good pickup. Um, won't see him till the fall, but still, um, I think it's – Finally, the competition they needed with Charles Turner, uh, Marlon Martinez, throw him in there, you know, throw Bo Bordelin in there, throw Kimo Magnoli in there, all, all of them, just all of them on the interior. Yeah, that's a pretty murky, murky position group, that interior of the <laughs> offensive line. And, and we have DJ even... Chester in there, too. Sorry. Yeah, DJ Chester this summer. Uh, who knows? Emory Jones may slide in. It, it's this is what you want, though. And we talked about the, this on the board because he was a debated guy. You know, I feel like. People always wonder, well, is he good enough? Is he this? Is he that? You need a depth. He's got two years under his belt as a starter at a power five level. I, I mean, like, I'm not sure what you're looking for. You're not going to go out with a group that returns as many starters and players that have played a lot as LSU and go get a, an instant impact All-American. I mean, you're just probably not. There are very few opportunities that that works out that way. So um, good pickup by Brad Davis. Good pickup by the staff to get him done. Uh, and not, uh, you know, have him go and take other visits. Yeah, so uh, that room is further solidified. We'll continue to track who else LSU targets in the transfer portal as it unfolds. And that is a good time to remind you guys to subscribe to the BengalTiger.com for that information. We'll continue to update you guys on players that pop into the portal that as, uh, you know, the May window comes and maybe some other grad transfers enter that LSU will have their eye on. So pick up a Bengal Tiger subscription. We have our spring special starting on Thursday, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. And you can still get a Founders Club hat that Matty B is sporting backwards. Everybody can take a look at it right there. If you subscribe and want your hat, check out the board for instructions. If you can't find the instructions, please message us or reply in our comments on our YouTube channel. We've been letting you guys know how to check that out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Beautiful hat, Maddie B. Thank you. Thank you. But now we got to jump into what you guys are here for, for the most part, which is previewing the final groups in spring practice, the secondary, and we'll touch on special teams a little bit. Guys, let's lead off the, with this. The secondary returns some guys who have started, some guys um, like a Terrence Welch, who is the only returning corner in the room, for example. But this is a group that has a lot to work out in spring, I feel like, and into the fall as some players, obviously, that we mentioned that won't be available. What's the one position in the secondary that you guys are most intrigued by as far as how the battle will unfold? 
Well, there's only a couple of positions, right? So uh, I, I don't want to steal everybody's uh, picks. Actually, I think all of them have some intrigue to them. For me, corner is number one, though, just because Seven Banks, who was at Ohio State, played at LSU. Remember, he got hurt in the Auburn game last year. He didn't get to play. He ended up entering his name in for the NFL draft. So the only guy they have back at corner is LaTerrence Welsh, and he was a freshman last year and just really played on special teams. They signed all of these corners out of the portal, though, four of them. Then you bring in a number of guys, one pure corner, Jeremiah Hughes out of high school, but Toviano, Stamps, they've talked about other high school signees playing corner. So I'm really intrigued. I know we won't see Chestnut much this spring, or if at all, I'm not sure kind of his availability across the entire two months, but I'm eager to see how Robert Steeples, the cornerbacks coach, kind of works everybody through because I'd feel like everyone's going to get a shot at some first team reps and uh, by mid spring, they'll start to lock in on kind of what the first team looks like, but it's led at the top for me by Denver Harris. He's arguably the best transfer they signed. How good can the rest of that group be? And can any of these high school kids or LaTerrence Welsh contribute this year? There's just so many different factors uh, at a position where every single person they played their last year is not on the roster anymore. It's it's incredible how shallow the secondary is. Like, I mean, you, we mentioned it. Toviano and Stamps, you know, moving into a cornerback position uh, as freshmen. Jeremiah Hughes, freshman. Um, but really just across the nickel and safety spots, too, is just very, very shallow. Um, with Deuce, Deuce Chestnut out as well, I'll, I'll take the nickel spot. Um, Stage Ryan, this is a big year for him. We continue... We've seen him slowly start to tick up, up, and up in more uh, playing time. And I think this will be a big year for him, whether that is at safety or at nickel, whether that's starting or it's not. I think he'll be on the field a lot. Uh, but I like Jordan Allen uh, a good amount. And I watched him in practice, worked the nickels last year. I think he has a good build. I think he's really athletic. I believe he's listed at 5'11". He plays bigger than 5'11 to me. So that nickel spot is something I'm interested in looking forward to this uh, spring, even though Deuce Chestnut's not there. If Deuce Chestnut was there and I could see him and how they want to use him, I think this would be by far like the position I'm, I'm most interested in. I think when I look at this secondary and the guys they brought in, and again, you got the caveat of Deuce, Deuce Chestnut won't be out there, which is, which is big. But I think some of these players that they're adding, and you, there was almost a sense of this kind of last year going in at least, that they can be moved around at a, at a pretty high clip. You know, JV and Toviano was recruited at corner. Can he play safety? We're going to find out because all, in all honestly, honesty, they're probably going to, you know, try him out there. You know, that's a room that needs some depth and competition created because some of those guys aren't, aren't sure things by any means behind, you know, Greg Brooks and, and major Burns. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by the tinkering that they do. And, and, you know, I think with the biggest position that I'm watching that for is safety. You know, Greg Brooks and Major Burns are back there, but who's that first guy off the bench? Who is somebody that maybe didn't play that position that's going to play it in the spring? I think that's a that's a position that they're not done tinkering with um, by any means. And Brooks could definitely – I mean, I wouldn't shock me at all if Brooks ended up dropping back down to nickel, you know, and maybe Sage Ryan up to safety or so on and so Like you said, there's a lot of moving pieces. I, I think Zy Alexander could play safety if they needed him to. Like I think there's a lot of options here, um, and that's what makes it such a – a fascinating group to to break down. Yeah, I think with Zai, his length is what stands out to me. And Three. we haven't necessarily seen somebody back there like a Delpit who had that insane length in a minute. And you 
you know, you want a safety that can run and, and cover. And I think when LSU's defense has been bad, I don't think it's any secret that that group, that position has been kind of one of the roots of that, that evil, that, that, that poor, you know, pass uh, defenses is, is safeties that can't cover, but at the same token, you got to have somebody back there who's physical that can you know, bring an edge and have some size to him. And I think Zai would be a, a really intriguing guy to see if they work in uh, at that spot, because if you have one corner spot taken theoretically by a Denver Harris and it's, you know, no competition, so to speak, that, that takes a lot away from what, where other guys can make impacts and, Obviously, Denver will have to earn it. All these guys will have to earn it. But just on paper, at least, that's the big, big thing I'm watching there. I had a question for for both y'all um, because obviously I got here and the 2022 class was kind of a blur to me. But I remember watching Terrence Walsh's film and I was like, I, I, I see it. I see it. I know he was hurt um, in high school. I, I, he comes over here. He goes through special teams. Um, kind of buried on the depth chart a bit. He's the only returner. Um, do you think that he's going to be able to, I don't want to say edge out the freshman because, you know, Toviana stamps haven't, you know, we'll see how they transition and Hughes, same thing. But do you think there's a chance he is actually competing for playing time this year? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you factor in guys can get, look, Deuce Chestnut's already out. Like if guys are getting banged up, they're going to be rotating guys. More guys are going to see the field. I would have to say, yeah. And I'm excited to see it because we didn't get to see any of it a year ago. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I, I think he's going to be somebody that challenges for playing time. I think how quickly a Denver Harris or a J.K. Johnson or some of these other additions, Zai Alexander, at least this spring, factor in and, and show what they can bring will determine a lot of, you know, at least trending-wise towards the fall, how he'll factor in and, and what his expected role is to be. But I think in the spring, he's somebody you've got to lean on as far as competition goes, and and he's going to be right in the mix because – if they are moving JV and Toviano or if they are moving Ashton Stamps around a little bit, all right, then that, that leaves Jeremiah Hughes as the only pure corner that they recruited in a way out of high school. And he's somebody that, you know, took some time off as a senior to kind of rest that knee up. So you want to see him be healthy um, and, and be able to contribute and, and battle. I think that opens the door for LaTerrence in, in a big way because he's got the pedigree, he's got – great size he's got the corner body like I mean he really does have it when he's healthy and ready to go so um, I hope he's healthy he's one of those guys that stuck with it uh, stuck with LSU despite really you know I think wanting in a way to to look at uh, following Corey Raymond to Florida and and he said that and he told us that afterwards but he opted to stay in state and end up at LSU because that's where he wanted to be so you always hope for those type of guys. And I think anywhere around the country, if a kid stays home, you really want it to work out for him. And so I hope LaTerrence is able to stay healthy and be the guy that you saw on tape, Matty B, and you know win a state championship and do all those things. So um, I'm really uh, hopeful for him that he can do that. And if they are moving guys around, I think he's going to have that ability to play uh, a good bit of snaps and, and, and contribute um, you know, behind a Denver Harris, for example. Yeah, I just I didn't know how high y'all were on him out of high school uh, or what y'all thought of him uh, and Jordan Allen for that matter. Uh, just what y'all thought of him them out of high school. Yeah, Jordan off Jordan Allen was a guy that Brian Kelly went by and offered uh, you know in person in a way and and you know you get in front of those guys and and can extend the offer personally. And I think Jordan Allen is you know a, an intriguing nickel because he was so productive 
in a few different settings as a high school prospect. But what we don't, we didn't necessarily know about him was, all right, does he have that verified elite speed to be able to play mm -hmm. in the SEC at nickel? You know, he came and camped a lot at LSU and eventually, you know, after his senior year, he earned that offer. So um, I still think if they have, if they move Greg Brooks down, I think Greg Brooks would probably be ahead of him. I think if Sage Ryan stayed there, probably be ahead of him. It's just, mm -hmm. it's, I'm not ready to declare him somebody that is going to be stealing a starting spot just yet. Yeah. But, you know, wild card is also in a way Deuce Chestnut. And if he's able to be healthy, he's a guy that, you know, you did the film breakdown. I think he'd be a great fit at nickel. And quickly on Welsh, he was a really good player in high school. It was just injuries. He injured his knee twice in high school. And it was the inability at that time to stay healthy and be able to be out there all the time that made you wonder, oh, man, hopefully this doesn't linger into college. And he went through all of year one and played every single game on special teams and never got injured, and he's ready to roll for spring. So if you've got that question mark moved out of the way, I like LaTerrence Welsh a good bit. Um, I guess we can wrap it up on the safety position. Uh, we just have penciled in Greg Brooks and Major Burns. I think that's fair. I think that's probably the right move. Like I said, maybe you could swap Brooks and Ryan if you wanted to, but I think Burns being – Burns was – Everyone was so complimentary of Major Burns just throughout, even two years ago. I mean, they've been so complimentary of his communication skills, like his energy, his personality. So it's good to have him back. Uh, the problem is obviously with the room is the depth, which Matthew Langlaw, you know, was injured. And then you have freshmen in there. If you want to include Toviano Stamp, sure. If you want to include Zy Alexander, sure. But Ky uh, Kylan Jackson, Ryan Yates are the only two, I think, true uh, safeties that are going to be there from start uh, start to finish during spring. Uh, what do y'all think? What do y'all think of, of the safety room right now? That's the thing that I'm watching for, right, is that they only have three guys that are like – even if you, if you put Jordan Allen, who works at Nickel a lot, and you say Sage Ryan worked at, like you said before, worked at Nickel a lot last year, and you put them in that room or put them in that position and let them battle – you only have three guys at safety that were even on the like that were on the team last year. And if we're not including any of these transfer corners, it's just Major Burns and Greg Brooks, who are your two starters, and then Matthew Langlaw, who, as you noted, has just not been healthy. He's, he's just been banged up since he's arrived to campus. Is Kylan Jackson playing early? Is I don't know. You know, do you move? And I think they'll have to at some point. Um, and Ryan Yates is a safety as well. But do you move? Ashton Stamps back there. Do you move Javian Toviano back there? Which I think eventually he will move back there. Yeah. There's things you can do because they are safeties at the high school level who are just coming in and being recruited at corner because that was just such a need position. But they got a bunch of transfers now at corner. So can you maybe move, beef the safety room up a little bit by moving those freshmen back there? But here's my thing at safety. It's summed up very simply. Major Burns and Greg Brooks can't get injured. And if one of them got injured or missed any time, they would be in a bad spot. Yeah, I think one thing, and I, I think Ryan Yates is somebody that physically is ready. And, I mean, he's been kind of physically ready for, for college for the last solid year and a half. I mean, he's filled out. He's He was in basically kind of like a small college program at Denton Geyer and you know, they have all the bells and whistles to have guys ready to go physically. He's got the size. And and a lot of people at LSU, you talk to them, when he came on visits, they were surprised just how big he is. So 
So we talked about that big safety that can kind of roll down and make some plays. I'm not going to sit here by sit here by any means and say that Ryan Yates is going to come in and 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 start and and with the guys that they brought in in the portal and that versatility that we talked about, it's going to be tough for him to you know break into the two deep. But as far as the spring goes, as you await you know other guys to come back from injury or you know guys to come into you know the the room, um, you know the summer, he's going to have to play a decent amount you know and he's going to get some snaps and. I'm intrigued because he's such a really high IQ player. I mean, they moved him back and forth between corner and safety. Um, I think safety is his best position, but he's got the size to, you know, not look out of place out there. He's not somebody that comes into this program where he's 175 pounds soaking wet and you got to get him with the strength staff all summer before he can do anything. Physically, he he looks the part and he's at least ready to go from that perspective. Well, Kylan Jackson's pretty pretty big himself. Uh, I, I mean, I ventured to say that at some point. I feel like he could play linebacker. So, um, I mean, 6'2". I mean, you watch his highlight tape. It's plenty of um, contact in that, to say the least. But, yeah, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. So, I don't have anything else on the, the safety or defensive back rooms. If you have any topics or anything else you want to cover. I just think the big thing is going to be all these transfers, seeing how good they are, what they, you know, can they all lock down starting spots? And again, I think Denver Harris can go a long way into really, you know, shoring up that corner room because if he's healthy and he's got his head on straight and he's doing everything the Brian Kelly way, then he gets, you can put him on the best receiver every week and he can handle it. So that's big for them. You know, Garner stepped in, Makai Garner stepped into a huge role for them a year ago out of the portal I think Harris is a better player, obviously. Not going to say obviously, but widely considered to be a, a higher caliber player even than a Makai Garner. This is a potential first-round pick uh, if Denver Harris does everything right these next couple of years. So um, a Denver Harris, healthy Greg Brooks, healthy Major Burns, a Sage Ryan in year three who maybe can take another step. I feel good about all those pieces if then everybody else can kind of shuffle in and, and find a spot. Yeah, I, I I do too. I I think that's a that's a really good point. I I just don't I don't really have too much else to add on on that group. Honestly, well, we can't do every position preview and not shout out special teams, but this is easy because there obviously is only a few positions. Um, correct or correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, there will be no debate over punter Jay Bramplett, who punted for them at Notre Dame, came down a year ago and punted all year and punted very well. Punted great in the Bama game. Um. That was one he was really key in. Uh, he announced he's coming back. So he's your starting punter. Peyton Todd out of West Monroe is still on roster, so he'd be your backup punter. At long snapper, Slade Roy, who they took out of East Carolina as a transfer a year ago, he went wall-to-wall as the starting long snapper. You probably never noticed, and that is the point of a long snapper, to not ever notice what they're up to. So great job by him. Well done. He's back. That leaves us with just kicker. And we can touch on the return team. And really, I think that'll get answered um, through spring ball of what who all the guys are going to be that they're going to use back there. Uh, but Damian Ramos started all year. Nathan Dybert was a freshman, but he moved into kickoff duties. And uh, I'm just curious if those two end up battling, you know, or is it Ramos's mm-hmm. job to lose? Is it wide open? Um, obviously, John Jancic has taken over the special teams now. So it'll be interesting to see because they when you f- follow – Cade York and Cole Tracy, these guys set records at LSU. So we knew it wouldn't be that, but how can they elevate the kicking game a little bit more next year, whether it is with Ramos or moving to Divert? I think I think Divert has a real shot 
at stepping forward and winning the job too. Like, I, I feel like we've forgotten about him. Uh, but when he signed in that 2022 class, everybody was very, very, very excited about Nathan Dybert. And, uh, you know, it takes time. He eventually was used on kickoffs quite a bit. Um, I think he has the leg, obviously. We'll see if he continues to improve, if he's better than Ramos. Uh, I think that's – an I don't want to call it underrated because the kicker position is is what it is, but I think that's going to be an interesting storyline throughout spring is who's kicking. Um, and are, do they split it 50-50? Is it dived out first? I'm treating the kicker position like we did the quarterback position last year. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I would love to see Nathan Diver take the next step and and become, you know, like these great LSU kickers in recent hi- history. And, you know, sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for these guys, you know, get in and get stronger and get their leg right. And, you know, maybe there are tweaks here or there. A lot of these guys work out with private trainers. So usually you don't see too, too much of that, but just a different setting. I mean, kickers are like goalies and, you know, just about every sport. I mean, they're just kind of weird. Uh, I was wondering what sport you were going to go with there. I, I, I don't know about soccer goalies and yeah. if they're weird, but I got to assume they are because some of them are doing cartwheels and stuff before PK. So just goalies in general. Um, that's how kickers are. You know, they have their routine. They, they, they are, hum, you know, cre- creatures of habit. And when, when you get to a new place and sometimes that ha- those habits are tweaked for whatever reason, um, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of time to create your own in your new setting. So I think Nathan Dybert, when we watched him out of high school, I mean, he really looked the part. So, uh, yeah, sometimes kickers work out, sometimes they don't. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think he can push for sure. Quickly, uh, closing out the return game, um, Aaron Anderson's obviously going to be limited in the spring. I think by fall camp, though, he's the guy that you circle as the one you would hope could be on punt returns. But, mm-hmm. um, obviously, Greg Clayton, who did it all year for him, at least most of the year, uh, is back. But then, like what, like Landon Ibietta, um, Sage Ryan. Story on the site. What was that two weeks ago? Story on the site. I think I wrote. Yeah, who'd you who'd you have? Um, Sage Ryan. I did not include Greg Clayton. You can throw Greg Clayton in there. That group, okay. obviously. Clayton, um, Sage Ryan, Landon Ibietta, Malik Neighbors, Kyle Parker, and then a lot of people want Chris Hilton. I had him as like a wild card. Chris Hilton. Uh, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Man. I had also as a wild card. So. I like the group. It's a lot of talented, speedy kids to choose from. And a lot of them um, did it in high school at a high mm-hmm. level. So, who, who y'all take? Who y'all picking of that group? So, we're basically removing Aaron Anderson, obviously, for the spring. Like, who, if Aaron Anderson was not, the, is not, if I told you that he's not going to be the punt returner in 2023, which of these guys just going on a limb would you trust? Trust or who would be back there? Okay, who are you picking? Who are you picking? Sorry, who are you picking? Malik Neighbors and Wild Card Ibietta. I'll, I'll go Malik Neighbors and I'll go Wild Card Gregory Clayton. Ooh, I like that too. Okay. Yeah, I, I, so, I think that that like I want to see Malik obviously like re-earn my trust on you know returning punts. I mean, not to dog him too much on that, but I mean he's so dynamic back there. He would be yeah. he'd be like if they put Jamar Chase back there, you know, return kicks or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw him in the in the bowl game take that freaking run down the sideline and just burn it, everybody. And that's what that's why he won the job in the first place. And I think everybody was like, he didn't drop he didn't drop punts in practice. Like this isn't a guy who was re- repeatedly dropping punts, and he was just like, oh, he did in the game. No, this is Malik Neighbors who catches everything, and he just had a bad first game. And I want to see him get another chance. That's that's what I'm trying to say. But I think I would go. 
I, I wanted also, this is, you know, again, I think it's Sage Ryan was the 2021 class. Is that correct? Right. 2021. Yes. Right. Out of high school. was he not a, one of the most electric punt returners, uh, at least in, in the South area. Oh, yeah, He uh, played, he played everything at LCA. Yeah, I mean, this is a five-star who did everything electric punt returner. I, th- I don't remember what player it was that said, Hey, Sage Ryan, this dude, go watch his tape in case you haven't watched it. Like Sage Ryan as a punt returner could definitely do it. So I'm, I'm just interested why he never, it never seemed like he got the opportunity. Maybe he didn't want, doesn't want to do it anymore, which is fine. But Sage Ryan's someone who I'm just continuously interested in if he could do that or he would want to do that. Yeah. So he's going to be my pick. I, I, I think that's, that's a spot where you, you try to build. I think that's a position where you could try to build guys confidence. And if they can make plays as a return man and help the team in that regard, maybe it leads to better play elsewhere. And, you know, maybe Sages would be a prime example of how to help kind of nurse that along and push that in the right direction because he he's just so used to doing everything. It's probably a little weird for him to just be a pigeonholed in, right. in one position, really. Yeah. So that that's my pick. Give me Sage and then the wild card. Chris Hilton. I don't know. Give me Chris. I did. I like did Chris These are, there's a lot of good options. There's no shortage of options. They should be able to find a couple guys who can do it. Should not be a problem this year, even without a special teams coach. Yeah, just need somebody to tell him to hold on to the football. Got to hold on to the football. <laughs> That's catch it, hold on to it. That's a good jumping off point for any of those guys. There you go. We got Greg Clayton if if we need him. John Jansen going full Tim McGraw on Friday Night Lights. If anyone drops the ball, yeah, just kidding. <laughs> All right. All right. We good? Running around with lamps in their hands. Uh, I got nothing left. I want to hear Billy talking about soccer goalkeepers again. Just give his wealth of knowledge on soccer goalkeepers <laughs> for the next half hour. Be nope. a short, short podcast. We wouldn't even hit the first mid roll. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, guys, any other spring thoughts before we get back at it? No. Side subscribe to the Bengal Tiger YouTube where all the highlights of practice are going to be. Yeah. yeah. And remember, folks, we get one practice. They'll practice twice. We only get to go once on Thursday. Then they're on spring break and they don't come back till the 20 something. So big tease. We'll, we'll get a little taste of it over these next couple of days for you. And then we'll be full go uh, around the 21st. So we're going to put up a depth chart in Sharpie as soon as Thursday practice lets out. So everybody be on the lookout for that. Yep. That's why Shay's there. I'll be rocking it. Well, guys, that'll do it for us. The spring preview podcast series is over. We'll have spring takeaways. Shay and I will be here to break down the first initial impressions from the second spring practice of LSU under Brian Kelly. So be on the lookout for that before your weekend hits and LSU goes on spring break. For Matthew Bruni, Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embi. Thanks for listening to this edition. Please smash that subscribe button for us and uh, stay tuned. Lots of. Uh, you know, big happenings to come at LSU between spring practice and junior day. So catch you next time on the Bengal Tiger podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.